Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. Good to be with you again, friends, as we record over Zoom because of the stupid pandemic. So please bear <laughs> with us uh, as audio quality is not up to snuff. Um, Why do you have like an Oprah voice? Bummer, you are. Uh, yeah, thanks for the interruption there. We're, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're doing a franchise this evening, and it's remake, and tonight we are talking about Night of the Demons. Who's excited? Woo! <laughs> uh, so just general impressions overall. Um, I had seen one and two before... I own one. We'll talk about that. But uh, it's my first time watching three, and my second time revisiting the remake. Uh, I've seen the first one numerous times, and I had never watched any of the rest. First time watches on those for me. This is the second or third time I've watched the original. I've never seen any of the other ones. You're you're welcome. That's (laughs) all I can say. Is you're welcome. That that implies that thanks are, are in order. Um, I probably saw Night of the Demons when it first came on VHS and then, uh, watched it a lot. I it definitely is played at least, uh, if not for Halloween time, at least once a year. I've seen all the sequels and remake, but, uh, they don't get played as much. I might've seen the sequel. This might've been the third time viewing now since it's came out. Okay. Did I say sequel or remake? Sequel. Yeah. I meant remake. I'm sorry. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> His blood sugar levels are off. He ain't all there right now. I'm sober. <laughs> Lame. All right. So, Hot Toddy, hit us with the dates and details for the first movie. So, Night of the Demons, 1988, uh, directed by Kevin Tenney and written by Joe Augustine, uh, starring Amelia Kincaid, Linnea Quigley, Hal Havens, Alvin Alexis. Kathy Podwell, uh, Donnie Jeffcoat, and James W. Quinn, who's in most of uh, Tenney's movies. And then um, I normally don't talk about it, but I'll say music by Dennis Michael Tenney, because uh, that's a big standout. And I Didn't he the write start, the Tenney Twister? Yes. Uh, don't look at his Facebook if you don't like effed uh, 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 up politics right now. So uh, a little hard to take. Uh and then FX, which is probably the star of the show, uh, by Steve Johnson uh, and his crew. All right. So the basic setup of Night of the Demons is that uh, these kids go to this old uh, haunted house to party. And demonic hijinks ensue. Any more depth on the basic plot? No, I mean, it is literally as simple a setup as you can, you can come up with. The name of the original movie was Halloween Party. Really? Yeah. 
Um, the place is called Whole House, and uh, Angela has put this party together, which is Amelia Kincaid's character. And yeah, uh, how, so we, we start with that cold open of that uh, old man there. Uh, uh, our character Stooge first moons the old man, and then the character <laughs> Sal scares the old man. And that's all we know about the old man until later in the movie. Oh, of course, he, he runs into the other couple kids and calls the girl a whore. Uh, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty thrilling. Uh, so interesting cold open there. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, what's the uh, what's the main protagonist female's name? Angela. No, she's the antagonist. Oh, uh, Judy. Judy. Big booty Judy. <laughs> Have you guys seen Judy? Man, oh man! I haven't, but evidently her brother has. Can I say? I was gonna say. Can I say the part that makes me laugh every fucking time? It's like, whoa, bodacious boobies, sis. <laughs> her little brother is hiding in her closet and jumps out to scare her and says what Todd said. Todd, deliver that line for us again. Wow, sis, bodacious boobies. <laughs> yeah, to, be, one, to uh... be honest, though, as I was watching it, he took the words right out of my mouth, though. <laughs> Every time I watch this, that still catches me off guard. <laughs> what the hell? So, uh, I think uh, I want to say even Showtime, they would play the censor version. So I was used to the VHS. So some of the uh, some of the lines are a little different in the versions you might watch. Like the uh, convenience store where she asked some, uh, I think they just cut the whole scene, but in the, in the unrated cut, she asked them if they have sour balls. And then... Uh, too bad you probably don't get many blowjobs. Is that in the version you watched? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we should, uh, Wilson, you want to set that scene up for us since you're a <laughs> Linnea Quigley enthusiast? Uh, it's quite the introduction. Uh, and honestly, what I'm sure uh, is the first thought of this movie for quite a few people. Uh, we are introduced to those two characters at a convenience store uh, with a close up of her ass bent over, uh, distracting the workers uh, so that her friend can grab what she wants but uh quite the uh classic Linnea Quigley moment the uh little playful sexual humor and as usual her comfort with her own body yes of course I think that the opening credits sequence in this movie is fantastic yeah great I mean it just draws you straight into the movie you pretty much know what you're in for in an odd way with that opening yeah, it's got some of the, like Elvira, just the kind of playful Halloween tone mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we meet Stooge and some of the other characters, and uh, I just gotta say, Stooge says "bitch" more than Scary Terry <laughs> and Freddy Krueger combined. <laughs> that is I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on, bitch. He also yes. looks like he's driving Ricky Shitmobile from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Dude does fit the perfect archetype, though, because there is at least one of those at every get-together, every let's, party. There's always the guy who tries way too hard that ruins it for everybody. Let's talk about the archetypes here, because I think this movie has the most stereotypical, boiled down to their basic essence, archetype gay, gay for characters. black man check <laughs> to the point where there is a guy who ha- like the rough guy the greasy guy <laughs> has got like a brooklyn accent even though nobody <laughs> else has this kind of an accent his name's sal right and he's from brooklyn 
the uh, yeah. old man the old man did too well i think in a lot of ways like, this is why bitches. this is one of those quintessential 80s movies i mean this is one of the first ones that comes to mind that kind of encapsulates 80s horror in all directions it delivers on all of those levels like if that's if you dig that kind of thing 80s horror just bonkers shit this is a movie for you yeah absolutely it is definitely quintessential I think this is one uh because that tagline like Freddie and Jason was tied into a lot of late eighties movies. I think this is one that like that is actually rememberable because that was on a lot of posters of, of Freddie and like Henry and Sleepaway Camps and uh, almost any horror movie to sell it was always mentioned in Freddie and Jason. But uh, I think this is one that actually stood up for a while. And I think if the sequels would have been stronger, I think it would have been a a bigger franchise. Or if the if the first movie actually got a Everywhere it played, it did really well, but they, for some reason, never did a huge, like, theatrical push, which is weird, because late 80s, they, every studio was trying to find the next Freddy or Jason. Yeah. Well, speaking of quintessential, you know, quint means five, and it's all, <laughs> no, just kidding. What's going on in the whole house? So they break into the old house, and they go in, and, they, and the supplies they had stolen uh, with the help of Linnea Quigley's butt. Um, that have become the party supplies. Did she put them in there? And uh, so now um, they're wanting to play some games, right? And they've got the mirror. And I just want to get Vinny's opinion on what shows up in the mirror. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember. Uh, You're demon? catching me off guard here. Huh? <laughs> that demon in the mirror? Oh, yeah. What about it? I just wondered uh, your impressions of the special effects for that. This movie goes both ways for me on special effects. Some things I'm really impressed with. Other things I'm not so impressed with. Right. But I kind of like, I don't know. It's a packaged 80s deal and I, I can deal with it. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's as exciting as you were looking for. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> If, you, uh, look, if you're wanting passion from me on this subject, you're not going to get it this whole episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I just ruined the episode. Else, Sorry, guys. Anybody else do this book report? <laughs> so, uh, they see this demon in the mirror, but only some of them see it. It freaks them out, and then it breaks, and then there's broken glass, and then they all start pairing off to do what? Have sex. <laughs> Zing! Dude, 80s movie. And uh, I do got to say, for as much as I hate Stooge, uh, I do like when Angela says she's in the mood for pork tonight. <laughs> and Stooge goes, because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a pig mask on. Yes. Yes. I, it's just Citizen Kane, Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> These moments, <laughs> minimal. I tell you what I did think though. I thought Tim Curry was great as Angela. <laughs> In just seven days. <laughs> I did. I, I giggled out loud when I heard the word butthole used. When there was somebody was called a butthole, I giggled out loud on that. <laughs> I think it. I think uh, at this point in the film, when they all start to pair off, is where the movie really gets strong because it kind of feels like it blends different 
and, and pulls from different strengths in terms of subgenres of horror. Like you've got elements of slasher films, elements of zombie films, but it's kind of doing its own thing in a way where it's not trying to be important and redefine anything. It's just pulling from um, from elements that people enjoy. That's why it's a uh, crowd pleaser. I uh, go ahead. <clears throat> Good, Toddy. I was just gonna say I remember, uh, and I think I think it's still. I mean, it's not like the when I fr- the first viewings of it, but when this first came out, this actually used to scare me, like because that I think it's just like all the stuff put together. It's uh, the music and uh, the demons and um, for for it being an indie movie, a lot of weird like uh, like even her crosses. If you notice, she has crosses on her. For earrings and when she's demon they're upside down and just a lot yeah. of little stuff that uh i think the fact that it's practical effects because uh a case in point by the time the next movie comes out a few years later they're trying to throw down some cgi um i just Ooh. even even like uh the animation i just Ooh. think it's like a, a perfect horror slash halloween movie period and the fact that uh there's not a lot of female killers especially in the 80s so the fact that uh you know the main uh, the main person selling this movie is Angela, so um, I definitely tell you there's a, a demographic that I feel that I can guarantee you this is high on their list. So, um. well, I also think it has the bravery to be weird because while we talk about all these things that that it does well in terms of being a crowd pleaser and being kind of just celebrating all the elements of '80s horror, it also is a very bizarre <laughs> and at times aggressive horror film um, <clears throat> early on when, when we have everybody pairing off, I'm, I know we're going to hit on it, but the lipstick scene is a perfect example just in a vacuum because you've even got kind of bizarre music um, that they play. It's almost hypnotic and surreal like where we have Linnea Quigley pushing the lipstick into her breast after she's rubbed it all over her face to make herself attractive. And so she's possessed at that point, but I don't think that most movies from that era would have went that route, but it pulls it off. And I think it's interesting too, that you see instantly see Steve Johnson's imprint all over this because the effects he does are pretty gnarly for the most part. And if I remember correctly, didn't he get married to Lynette Quigley based off of working on this film? So they, they met because she went to go get her breasts, uh, like, a. I guess like a mold of her breast. That's how they yeah. met, and and then they married after that. Which is why I've met her five times at conventions. Just hope. <laughs> I'm also still to this day convinced that uh, she really put this lipstick tube in her tit. So still there. Because <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, like that's still uh It does it, look good. Indie movie or a- any movie from this period, like I can't think of too many movies that I'm like, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> I like that they. Uh, used firecrackers to curl Angela's hair with in this movie (laughs) to get her look. Uh, But what the thing that I can't get past in this whole series, and I like this movie. I think this movie's a lot of fun. But one thing that drives me up the wall is the use of the demon voices that sound like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. (laughs) I can't. Yes, I I, can't. I do think of that every time. The the guy that's that's in the all the Witchboard movies and stuff too. That's the guy that does the voice. And he's mm. one of the convenience store workers. But every time it does, uh, when it first starts, I always think of like Claw from from Inspector Gadget. Yeah, it's I hate, I can't get past it. It drives me crazy. 
you mean you, you don't like it when Linnea Quigley's in the middle of sex with that guy and she goes, stop looking at me. <laughs> Ooh, talk about a confusing erection. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about it. Hey, so Chris, I, do, you, uh, do you want to tell a story about when you met Linnea Quigley and I took a picture for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I met Linnea Quigley at a con. Uh, a guy from a local bookstore wanted her autograph. And so I went to get her autograph for him. And uh, <laughs> got a picture with Linnea and Vinny took it. And it was just like from our heads up. <laughs> I was like, anybody ever teach you about photography? And he was like, anybody ever teach you you don't go home with pictures of half-naked women on your on your camera without your wife getting pissed off? <laughs> to which he said, fair point. Good looking Well played. Well played. Like where your head's at. Like where your head's at. The, the uh, first time I met the Linnea, I was trying to find a uh, picture. To, and it wasn't that there was good photos, but they were, they were uh, whoever printed them out for her, they they were not good quality. And so I was just trying to look for a good quality, and she kept going, it's okay to pick someone my, my top off because I'll sign those. And I was like, yeah, that's not the issue. And you, you threw up on her table when she said that. <laughs> I, would, um, I would take one for my team, Team Todd, for uh, a <laughs> uh, let's, let's draw this back home here. Uh, so It's not the first time I've slept with trash. <laughs> hey um, that's her character name. I love, I love Linnea. I didn't course. mean that in a bad way. You better. Um, we, uh, Vinny's been doing a whole lot of picking on Angela, and I want to give Angela a shout out here. I liked, uh, I really like the use uh, for the soundtrack of uh, they use Stigmata by Bauhaus when she's dancing and, and becoming possessed, and it's just a really cool scene. And it fits in with what you were saying, Professor, about just like daring to be weird, like. Mm-hmm. There's like a straight up three minute scene of just her dancing to Stigmata by Bauhaus, which and she choreographed. And speaking of weird, uh, I don't know if it was that scene or what, but her aunt is uh, Rue McClanahan from uh, Golden Girls. Golden Girls, who visited the set of this movie. So <laughs> this movie is full of weirdness. Yeah, nice. Um, she also played. Uh, I agree, though. That's a great scene. She actually was the uh, stunt uh, stand-in for the uh, lipstick scene. Little known fact. <laughs> Dude, <we're laughs> I'm completely kidding. Now Toddy's telling lies. <laughs> so, uh, going to round third on this one and head home with it? I mean... Cool. All right, so... Uh, Mouth full of coffee. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, whole house was a funeral home, and there's a crematorium down in the basement. And they used the old gas line from the crematorium to be a flamethrower. And uh, one thing that we have not mentioned here is that you can't escape once it becomes like Halloween. Like you can't find a way out because you got to cross over the, the stone wall because the stone wall has running water underneath it. And the demons can't cross running water. And uh, yeah, lots of craziness going on. But Flamethrower. Yeah, so the wall seals itself off. There's no exit on Halloween. Yeah. They try to climb down the wall and there's razor wire. That's always good to make me cringe watching people hang on to razor wire. Uh, any any thoughts about the end of this? I, I'll tell you one of my favorite parts is when she's just standing there looking dumbfounded and Roger's like, fuck this white bitch and jumps out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, he was kind of like the wuss of the movie. Um, so I think it kind of adds to it, too, because I'm pretty sure we could guess his uh, 
his preference of, of who he would want to sleep with. And uh, he went from being the wimp to the, the one that kind of saved him. Um, Cause again, like I'm sure it sucks climbing barbed wire, but I would, um, I would take that chance over uh, having demons finger me. So. <laughs> you like what you like. I, wasn't I know the up. title for this episode. <laughs> I thought that uh, you guys would definitely like is a, uh, a lot of the probably not so retro at the time, but all the Halloween decorations and stuff used throughout the movie. Um, probably a lot of stuff. I remember a lot of the decorations uh, used to hang up in my house when I was a kid, like a lot of the same ones. And then the the stuff they're watching, like some of the cool cartoons and um, yeah. I don't know. I think it just adds to, a lot the, of the boxes. to the film. Yeah, a lot of fun detail. But yeah, the, I mean, the ending is about what you'd expect. I mean, which is something that's very frequent with this franchise. I mean, they kind of achieve what they set out to. Yep. And they escape. The two, uh, was it Reggie and uh, Judy? Roger. Mm-hmm. Roger and Judy. I'm thinking Not Reggie. Reckless Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got revisit to the cold open, the old man sitting down to have some apple pie for breakfast that his wife had made. And it turns out she made him out of apples that he put razor blades in and it slits his throat from the inside. Yeah, it, basically the moral of the story is don't be a stupid old bitch when it comes to Halloween or you get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Okay. Night of the Demons. Highly recommend it. I've seen it no less than 10 times. Uh, own it on Blu-ray. I think it's definitely a seasonal staple. Uh I watch it every October. The f- the fact that you purchased the Blu-ray <laughs> of this movie says he so got much. it at a pawn shop. <laughs> no way, no man. I got I got this legit. What? Yes, I would uh, recommend this one to anybody. Okay, moving right along. What's up next, Toddy? Uh, so, Night of the Demons two, nineteen ninety four. Uh, directed by Brian Trichard Smith and uh, written again by Joe Augustine. And Amelia Kincaid returns with Robert Jane, Darren Heems, Christine Taylor, right before Brady Bunch fame, uh, Christy Harris, Lad York, and then James Quinn returns as the voice of uh, Angela. And how many years later was this? Um, like six years. Okay. So and then this is uh this is definitely the when uh, straight to video was was huge. So um, actually uh, worked at the video store at the time, and like uh, this movie alone got so much cool promo. So good or bad, I had like the standee and everything to this one. Um, and then being a huge fan of the first one, I was I was super pumped. This is the, around the same period that like they were coming out with like Pumpkinhead too, and so even though they weren't. Um, they weren't really pumping them out at the theaters. At least uh, there was some stuff coming out straight to video. So, Christine Taylor before she started to pop up in all the Ben Stiller movies. Before they were married. Before they were married. <laughs> Around uh, the era of Hey Dude. Hey Dude. <laughs> uh, I just want to say right off the top, I own this, and I don't remember the first time I watched it, so this is only my second time viewing it, and I just thought I hadn't revisited it because I thought it was bad. Boy, was I wrong. This one, I had just as much fun with. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not nearly as good as the first movie, but I may have had as much fun with this one as I do with the first movie. 
Um, this was first time viewing for me, and I think that it still holds some merit in it, like the first one does, but I think it also shows quickly why this wasn't destined to be a big franchise. And may I also add, not necessary. This this did not need a sequel or a franchise. Todd was well, the, the thing that weirds me out about it, and I don't know the backstory on it, but why it was so much later, because like if this was made the following year, I would totally get that more. But it, it's just weird to me that like it, it took so long for them to pop a second one back out. But as Toddy mentioned, the video boom, and maybe that's just the angle on it. Yeah. I th- I'm not offended by this movie in any way, but I certainly uh, I think it was a step down from the first one. I think uh, there's some key elements missing from uh, this one, and, and most of it, I think, is the, the effects. Um, and I and think that has a lot to do with my opinion on it as well. I think I think the effects, and and it's not um, it's missing some of the the it's still fun, but it's missing some of, a lot of the fun that was from the first movie. Um, but I, I do like that at least it tried. Um, they could have easily just had new kids in the house. Um, so at least one this one has a different uh, setup, which I don't think we've talked about yet. So I won't go into that. And um, I definitely love the. Um, the effects I think at the end were pretty solid. So with uh, Angela. Yeah. So basically the setup is these kids at a Catholic high school. It's almost like a Catholic reformatory school. Cause they all kind of have problems. And uh, yeah. So they're there. They're supposed to be having this Halloween dance. One of the girls is Angela's sister. And we'll get into that backstory just a little bit more in a second. But um, basically one of the bad, bad girls, uh, they get in trouble and they're not allowed to go to the dance. And so she has her townie boyfriend come pick her up. And her friend. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, cut her. Is that, is that a new term for you? Townie? It just made me laugh. <laughs> so, um, and they go to whole house where they're going to have their own little fun. And that's basically the setup. First off, I mean, granted this, no one was thinking COVID or anything, but like, come on, AIDS, herpes, don't pick up some lipstick to put on ladies. Like, go buy a new cube. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know whose titty that's been in. <laughs> what about that open with the door-to-door evangelists going to the whole house and to be met by Angela? So we get right off the bat, we find out Angela's back. <laughs> yeah, well, at least they let us know early. I think it's an interesting angle, and I don't, I'm interested to hear, too, if you guys felt the same way. Did it feel like they were almost trying to make an like a Freddie or an icon out of her with this. Oh yeah. Oh, big oh yeah. Shit. When I big saw that, that, that she came back for a third movie, I was like, Oh man, they really are trying to icon this. It just seemed like in this one specifically, they really tried to shift it into kind of that pitch with her, which I'm not saying it failed. It's just, it seemed like it shifted instantly with the sequel. Like, okay, this is what we're going to lean into is really kind of make her the centerpiece of these movies. Definitely. Um, yeah like I said Mouse is the name of the sister that's Angela's sister uh, we have a swashbuckling nun that Spoiler. will also come into effect <laughs> later we see her swashbuckling with her yardstick uh, but then we find out the backstory is that uh, you know Angela kind of disappeared and then uh, one year Angela's parents received a Halloween card from her and they both committed suicide uh, I mean, it seems a little much. Yeah, right. 
I mean, I normally cool. just I'm normally just told stop sending shit here with my Halloween cards, but <laughs> <laughs> look, here's a postcard from our missing daughter. Yeah, we better kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> didn't it, didn't at least say though something about that she's from hell or in hell or probably yeah, well. <laughs> well, you like there is you the like. upsetting part. Uh, I want to talk about how crazy that Shirley girl is. The one that takes him out to Whole House. The one that's got the townie boyfriend. <laughs> Nuts. I think townie should have been part of the working title for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because his other shitheel townie friends show up. Uh, so what happens with the lipstick in this one, Todd? Um, she steals it, and doesn't it come out and like go up her coot? Is that this one? Is that Jason goes go. to hell? Am I getting it mixed up? <laughs> <laughs> the nineties had a lot of snakes going in coots. <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. Which is what I sum up the nineties. <laughs> so yeah, her her tiny boyfriend, his punk uh friends show up and their uh their plan is they're gonna sacrifice mouse uh to resurrect the dead. And uh someone heroically tries to stop them and they find out it was just a fake knife. Dude, white Let, kids let's come up also, with better ideas for fun. An important character we're missing right now is uh, Father Bob, who looks like Bill Ingvall. <laughs> <laughs> About when that demon shows up in the toilet. <laughs> did, you watch, did you watch the late, deleted scat scene? <laughs> 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 well, you just redefined the song for me. <laughs> don't look at me okay <laughs> angela has sex with one of the townie punks well you know what that's what townies do they fuck up your party and screw your girlfriend <laughs> not only that but but to be fair though i've heard that demon pussy is fire so <laughs> good, good on him did, COVID, did that COVID doctor tell you that? <laughs> um, yeah, so then that is the scene that Todd brought up where the, the, the lipstick snake demon goes up to Cuckoo. Oh, boy. These, uh, these movies are not afraid to work blue. <laughs> it's, so well, the, it's, it's weird as how hardcore they are, and uh, yet they keep... Uh, because this one, at least the, the first one, I don't know if it was just characters deleted, because there was supposed to be a same-sex couple in the first movie, and they, that and an interracial kiss, and it was cut because it was too, uh, uh, they thought it was too much for that movie. And this one has, the, uh, come on, you know what those guys are doing in that little frat house or whatever. Dormitory. You mean the guys who are hanging around in their underwear with each other? Yes. With binoculars yeah. that they purchased to Which spy it wasn't, on the girls? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't getting, a, getting themselves giant, giving themselves boners while wearing, uh, <laughs> wearing jockeys. Which I always just thought was a Friday night, Sleep but apparently <laughs> that is a little weird to other guys. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants right now, but... <laughs> I didn't think any of this worked. <laughs> so the kids actually escape Whole House in this one. Which sets it apart, and they uh, they go back to their dance, and the nun has actually left the dance because there's the one fundamentalist kid who wanted to become a demon hunter. Who's <laughs> trying to get the, uh, the kid from Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> yeah. 
He's trying to get the nun and the priest to go to whole house with him because he knows the other kids are there and the priest is hearing none of it. The nun wants to help, but that ain't happening. So they go back to the dance and guess who shows up at their dance? Angela. What? Yeah. And then Shirley's boobs turn into hands and grab a man. <laughs> That's part of the movie. Hand boobs. Yep, that is one of my notes for sure. Hand titties. <laughs> yeah, I, my second note on here under decent effects is booby hands. <laughs> I like that. Now, here's the movie. thing. I I think my really only issue with this one is I think that it, where it missteps is that it it doesn't understand its tone because it goes really heavy handed with the religious stuff, but it's like a party sex comedy too. <laughs> you know, it's just it, it goes a little too far into the serious. And if if you want to go that way, that's fine. But let's kind of stay there. It just I it kept jumping back and forth, which I think cheapens each by doing that. When they shopped this out to the studios, they said, "Picture the Exorcist meets Porky's." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, let's be honest. Agree that's with... probably been said in offices more than once in Hollywood. Because <laughs> uh, I completely agree with that because it does kind of get a little serious, and then the nun is uh, with with special effects. Was this the one where the was this one or three where one of them's doing some karate? Oh, the nun goes straight up. She she dons oh, yeah. all the, the, <laughs> the karate gear and even has nunchucks, if you will. Uh, Which she should have been the center of part three, but I digress. <laughs> Did y'all like that demon hand job? I uh, didn't like that. Come on. <laughs> and then he gets what? decapitated. What I mean, think of the think of the last like five things that we have just thrown out there. <laughs> and, but you know what? Tell still, me this is the most fucking bonkers shit you have ever seen. Do, in your do life. you know what it didn't have? And think about the time period because a lot of other movies did. At least Angela never rapped. That is That's a true. fair point. Not yet. Fair point. Uh, and then along my last note, well, so. Uh, the guy uses the other guy's head for basketball, a whole house. That was fun. Uh, then they get, <laughs> that wasn't the only thing. They get back to a uh, whole house, and now uh, the Angela, who they thought they had stopped, Angela's now a snake woman. Son of a bitch. Which that, that, I, that's Come for cool. your daughter, Chuck. For as much as, uh, as much as digital stuff that got rammed in here, the, the snake scene is pretty cool. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they were just digging through the studio uh, props and found that old snake suit from uh, Eddie Murphy's <laughs> Golden Child. <laughs> hey, take what you can take. <laughs> so, yeah, they took that from Eddie Murphy's Golden Child. I, I will say something that doesn't always work in other movies, but worked for these was the um, I don't know if you'd call it stock footage because it's just footage from the first movie, but um, the scenes that they would kind of incorporate into uh, into Whole House where Angela's kind of floating around clearly from the first movie, but it works, and the, it actually looked like the same place, too, quite a bit in the second movie. As I was watching the, the layout of Whole House in this film, I was like, I want an overview, like, from room 237 of how this building's <laughs> like that. <laughs> same. Did you guys have notice both, the Minotaurs? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, anything more to say on By the Demon's Diff? Uh, just you know, when you're in trouble, kick a crucifix in the wall so the sun comes through. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you like the first movie, this is worth checking out. 
Yeah, I give it that. It's not awful. I mean, I, I. It's not awful. I laughed a lot. I think it still holds on to some of what made the first one fun. So yeah, yeah I would recommend this to people who love the first one. All right. Well, this is where the fun ends, and we move <laughs> on to the next two films. Toddy, <laughs> what do we got? So we have Night of the Demons 3, 1997, uh, directed by Jim Kaufman. And uh, the director of the first one comes back as writer, so Kevin Tenney is writing this one. Amelia Kincaid is back as Angela, and then starring Larry Day, uh, Chris Holden, and um, Greg Kapalkis. Calcus, whatever his name is. Um, really no stars in this one other than maybe uh, Amelia Kikade. Um And I would say uh, we've lost a lot of our budget from the first two movies, too. My first note is, holy fuck, this is cheap. And the opening CGI is abysmal. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks like that first wave of computer games that were accessible for everyone to be able to purchase. <laughs> so I will say, like, the, a little bit Oof. of the music. It's not the music from the first one, but a little bit. And so when it, I haven't watched this one in a while. And when it opened, I was like, you know, maybe I forgot that they're bringing back some of the cool funness of the first one. But yeah, it, uh, the Here's opening the alone, it, it doesn't even match that. It just. How about just play the opening credits of the first one again? Um, uh, what I what I can't understand is the person responsible for creating all of this wrote this, and this is a movie, and this sums the film up for me. This is a line of dialogue from it. Your mom is so stupid, she thought she raised a son that's going to get out alive. And I just <laughs> stared at the television. Um... I don't know what you guys are talking about. This should have gotten an Oscar nod that year. For the snake hand puppet? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. <laughs> I don't want to. Angela steals the sheriff's badge and throws it at him like a ninja star. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then yep. we move on to the dramatic animated flying corpses, as you said so well, look like the early computer games that were awful CGI. And, and this is the point. This is the best part of it. They don't just do it for 30 seconds or a minute. Nope. They're proud of it. Like that's, it's a five minute intro scene. Yeah. It's real bad. Like some guy named Edward spent their whole budget on this and then had to own it. <laughs> they had. <laughs> um, so, God, I'm trying to think of the setup. Even it starts getting real. It's, Hall- it's Halloween it's night, and uh, uh, two girls are on the way to the school dance, and their car breaks With one down. Cup. And um, well, you know, I will. I do want to point out too, because again, um, what I thought was every Friday night. You know, I, after watching movies, I just assumed that girls undressed in front of each other and um, really each other's um, boobs and stuff. Yeah, which when I watched that scene for this movie, was it Euro Trip that really makes fun of that shit? Mm-hmm. Where the girls are just in the bathroom, topless. Yeah. Um, all I could think of was that movie during that scene. But uh, anyways, after uh, they lick each other, they drive themselves to the dance. And uh car breaks down and uh, a van full of street toughs. Uh, <laughs> looking for... Oh, uh, that guy looks like he's from fucking Hanson. Like, how tough <laughs> are these guys? Talk about the ugly brother. Mm-hmm, Bob. Talk about Chad Kruger with the straightened hair. So they're looking for uh, <laughs> looking for some candy corn and some some HJs, 
Um, and uh, they pick the girls up. They go to a convenience store uh, where the one guy is trying to use his fake ID and stuff goes wrong. And uh, they end up thinking that they kill an officer. And uh, oh, well, the setup is they're the guy, the, the convenience store guy pulls a gun on him to which they take his gun from him. Yeah, they straight snatch his gut, shotgun out of his hand. And then some cops walk in and they have a fucking 10-minute uh, shootout with can, the cops. Can we freeze on it for a second? <laughs> was, that, was that Porky, the owner of the convenience store? Maybe. It, it may or may Might not be. have been. I don't know. The question is, did they rip off Menace to Society or did Menace to Society rip off them? <laughs> I think the latter. I feel sorry for your mother. <laughs> What'd you say to me? Um, yeah, so then they're on the run because they think they killed this cop and the only place they know to go. And so now the nice girls that had the broken down car are stuck with these street tests. I like that term, Tony. Nice one. And uh, they, they, oh, they got to lay low because if they get caught, they're going to do what? Fry them. That's what they all say in these movies. <laughs> they're going to fry Every our time. asses. And uh, so they, they go to the only place they know that they can hide. Like, oh, and by the way, their their black friend got shot. Imagine that. And uh, he got shot in the gut. And so they're not taking him to the hospital because they don't want to go to jail. So they're just going to be in the lamb for the rest of their life. And they go hide at Whole House. Said whose house? Whole oh, House. house. <laughs> I, I feel like the one guy, too, he was, he was too pretty to be with the street toughs. Which is also why I get into the van full of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> is this the grinder van? Why, sure, I'll step right in. Well, he, knew, <laughs> he knew my secret password. <laughs> Was it Punky Wonky Wee? <laughs> it had Wee Wee in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, sir. I'd love to get in the Wiener Mobile. <laughs> uh, by I'm the gonna, way, can we talk about my password? Remake? Was, sure. My my password actually is. How many hot dogs can you put in your mouth? <laughs> okay. Uh, we're derailing. And I'm like, only my mom and dad know that. <laughs> and I get in. Um, can we talk about how great the group of friends was in the van and how nicely they all treated each other? <laughs> just Camaraderie in the van. Yeah, just insufferable. All of them. Which is usually good if you're going to kill them. Well, it's hard to be friends with each other when you met at a Saturday school and, you know, you guys are all a little bit different than each other, but. <laughs> um, so they go in and they shoot the walls of Whole House and what starts happening to the walls that they shoot? Blood comes out. <laughs> walls are bleeding. <laughs> and then Angela shows up and sucks the bullets out of a gun from the barrel. Here's where I checked out, guys. When Angela... <laughs> When Angela gave head to the barrel of the gun and like gave it a good 30 seconds of screen time of yeah. her giving head to the end of a handgun and then spits out the bullets into her hand. In, in their entirety, the bullet and the casing, the whole and round. The like, that's not even how that works. Can I ask if that's, is that where Sandy walked into the room? <laughs> <laughs> and my first thought when she sucked those bullets through and they still had the casing on them, I rolled my eyes and said, okay, here's where the fiction starts. <laughs> <laughs> Took me right out of the movie. 
Yeah, yeah my, it's like, okay, this me, is totally unbelievable. That took me right out of my pants. <laughs> uh, what about that, that transformation from the guy with the devil mask to becoming the devil? Yeah. I got the most this underwhelming thing I've seen. They used the same team that uh, did the, the effects for the Power Rangers TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they were using effects that were straight out of the Michael Jackson black or white video. <laughs> Those morph effects. <laughs> yeah, what about when about uh, her friend turned into a cat woman? Yep. It's yep. What about... Uh, what about when that girl has that hand puppet snake and it this is what into, I want to talk about. It turns into a real snake on her arm. This is one of the worst things I have ever seen in a movie. The dramatic <laughs> pause of this thing turning around towards her and and the audience being forced to watch this woman dramatically move what is clearly a, a hand puppet towards her looks like an elementary school like show and tell. It it's is bad. so bad. Is that, is that after? Is that after the snake pleasures her and then turns? Yeah, into her? and I saw that and I was like, "Of course, we've got to head down to the coot coot." Which another deleted scene too was the cat lady sprayed a few of the people. <laughs> I think they should have left that in. Here's the thing: I really mean this. <laughs> that the snake hand puppet is so bad that it makes this movie worth watching for. I really mean that. Yeah. It is that ridiculous. In the original cut, Joe Exotic shoots the cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and then my last note is skull scream, and I don't even remember what that is. I guess there's a skull that screams somewhere. Yeah. Uh, a bunch, bunch of people go, end up, then we get sun on them. Kaboomy. So I kind of forgot about two, and it's it's not the same actor. He might have, I don't know, one of, I think the one guy might have passed away, but um, the weird cop that keeps using the, the magic shit, that is totally the character from uh, Witchboard. So I don't know if he was trying to tie the two movies in together. Um, but I do love that they kept talking about how uh, this is his uh, basically final hours before retirement. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know for sure that he's not going to live through it. <laughs> he's going to die. So the final setup is this idea that like God, like, um, <laughs> they want to keep one of them, but the main girl who's the good girl has to give her life to save the other guy's life. And then they come up with a plot to double cross the demons, and good God, this movie is bad. <laughs> yep. It sure is. Yeah. Straight doo doo. It's like, not worth analysis. No, I. I can't recommend this in good conscience. We've already Sorry. given it more thought than the writers did. <laughs> and it, it had a, an okay box, which was important <laughs> for your shitty movies. Oh, God, I've said True. that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, if anything, just do what the professor said. Look up on YouTube for the snake hand scene. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's, oh, my, I can't get over it. It's so oh, bad. That's all, it's so okay. bad. All right, did you like it? Home. Did I like the movie or the snake? The movie. I liked it when it came out <laughs> in 97. Um, I think I've seen it twice since uh, owning it. Because it's even, this one's even harder to get. 
um the dvd i have it like has like french or something on the title it's like les poupou demon three it's almost like they think it won't sell if they made it yeah it's almost like they're embarrassed to i watch you know I'm not sure what originally, because Kevin Tenney, uh, I mean, he can, he, he's never really had a big budget of any of his movies. Um, I do know that he's, he hates the finished product. So whatever was maybe originally in store, and it's strange because I think Republic Pictures put out all three movies. And I think 97 might have been kind of their way out. Because uh, uh, early on, some of their, they did a lot of sequels and, um, I think '97, all the money might have went to Stephen King's Thinner, which isn't saying I, much. I think they went bankrupt uh, designing that snake puppet. That's where all their budget went. <laughs> I promise you, I know one person, at least one person, that would buy this if it got a Blu-ray release. Well, yeah, they got it pre-ordered. You have to complete it. <laughs> all right. So from uh, out of the frying pan and into the fire, uh, we've got our final film here. Toddy, what are we looking at? So, Night of the Demons, 2009. Uh, directed by Adam Gerich, uh, Jace Anderson, and the director uh, co-wrote the film. Um, this one starring Shannon Elizabeth, Michael Copan from Power Rangers, uh, Edward Furlong from Straight from Rehab, uh, Monica Keenan. Not from Straight from Jenny Craig. Well, that's for sure. Old country buffet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, for the listeners at home, they're talking about Ed Furlong, not Monica Kina. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Which I was like, when? When did the woman uh, start looking like the guy from Terminator Two a little bit? Um, and then Dyra, Dyra Baird and uh, little little catch it, uh, Linnea Quigley and uh, Tiffany Shepes uh, play some small little. Which was parts. a nice homage. I, I did appreciate them doing that. And then okay. that is where my appreciation stopped. <laughs> um, I wasn't even complete. I mean, this is definitely 2009. This is right dab in the middle of Freddie and, and Jason and everybody else getting remade. Um, Night the Demons. I still think Night of the Demons was risky because it's it wasn't a huge movie, but it is. Because Night of the Demons itself is like a huge, at least it's like a cult movie. Everybody loves the first one. Um, I was still okay. I was like, it's got an okay cast. Because, um, I mean, none of these have big stars. I was surprised by the cast, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what say, this me. already has a better cast than any of the originals. Yeah. Did. That's what drew me to the film. I'm I was gonna, like, oh, it should be good with I'm, this cast. I'm just going to say again. One, I, I think the problem with, I'm going to be honest, with all the remake and the sequels is the first one did so much stuff that you can't top. Like, yeah. that, there's probably the next 30 years I'll still look for, like, well, Linnea really put a lipstick tube in her boobie. Um, for this one, it, I, I, this sounds weird to say, it, this one felt like Kevin Smith wrote this movie. It feels like it's like one of his weird offbeat movies. You better duck. Where you have to take potty humor because you can't top the original. So... Her right, pushing what, it in her tent and then this pulling out her shit monster in it, a shit demon. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it had everything else. Um, and then I'm going to say the biggest thing that took me away from it is maybe I might have bought her pulling it out of her coop if it wasn't CGI blood. And there's way too much CGI in this movie, even probably more than the, the shitty third movie. Way too much CGI in this movie. And like even even uh, if Shannon Elizabeth, they would have really put makeup on her. I probably would feel differently about this movie. Um, it's, it's, 
not the worst movie that ever came out. It's not the worst remake that ever came out. But if I had a choice to watch this, and I do every Halloween, it is a rare year if I put this in over Night of the Demons, the original. You've watched this multiple times? Oh, I'll never this watch this again. This makes the third time I've seen it since it came out in 2009. Okay, that's fair. I like the absolute disgust there briefly. Have I owned it since 2009, though? Yes. <laughs> I was really looking forward to this when it, when, it, the, when I heard the cast. I heard it was coming out. I was like, yeah, this could be fun. This could be a good remake. And then, boy, was I wrong. This is only my second viewing, and I was probably more disappointed the second time around than I was the first time around. It takes an hour into this movie before it picks up. An hour. You don't need that much setup in Night of the Demons. Well, here's the thing. I I was surprised. It seemed like they put a little bit more just money and production value into some elements of this than I was really expecting because this wasn't a big, big release. Um, so when it got started, I, I was optimistic uh, just because it looked like they were at least going to try. And the cast, as you guys mentioned, excited me. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I realized that they had Shannon Elizabeth playing that role. And I was just, as Angel, and I, I thought, this is, this is who we're putting in that role. Yeah, how do you replace Tim Curry? <laughs> well, well, just, just in this cast alone, I would, I would have probably used Tiffany Shepard. Yeah. Or, There's just so many people, and it's nothing against Elizabeth. She's a fine actress for what she does, but that isn't her stick. Like it, I never once bought it, and that's kind of what the movie hinges on. So once I realized, when we introduced her, because we go one by one through kind of getting to know these characters, and it's, and I just thought, this movie's doomed. She is a good You know what lost me, and I couldn't get into it? I couldn't uh, believe that Monica Kena would have ever dated Edward Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what took me out of it. Watching and that- I love all these 45-year-old actors running around like they're 23. <laughs> Watching watching this movie though, uh, I, I'm like kind of like when I watch Black Sheep, where Gary Busey pops up, and I'm still convinced that he wasn't cast in that movie that he just happened to be filming. <laughs> and I think that's what happened out with, of that car with Edward Furlong is Edward Furlong thought it was a real party. He was going to score <laughs> drugs, and the cameras were rolling. Uh, let's also talk about it's not Whole House; it's the Broussard Mansion. I did not like that. I did like the opening. I liked how they did like a silent picture. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And I will say the music is good in this one too. That's my compliments. Uh, we we brought up the Linnea Quigley uh, uh, cameo. cameo in the beginning, which was great. I, I was glad that they did that. And at 2009, I, if they would have used Little Boys, they would have probably been in trouble and Netflix would be getting fined from all the little... Um, People that would um, not like that because it's a uh, child pornography at this point. Um, so it's a good thing they use little girls laughing at her uh, behind now instead of uh, little boys trick or treating. Kind of a stretch, but uh, I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you handle that with the fans. Um, I, I think uh, I just want to say about that scene. I think that not only was that showing her respect, but it was a great way to sell the movie. Yeah, because yeah. you could get these press releases with her in that outfit. And- Which. Why not just diehards? They do all these weird sequel reboot. You don't even know what they are. Why not just use Linnea as the demon instead of, but whatever. 
So basically the setup is Shannon Elizabeth, a.k.a. Angela, is throwing this party. She's like a, a party promoter down in New Orleans, wherever she's at, but she's going broke, and this is like her last big hurrah. Uh, Ed Furlong, is uh, he lost a bunch of money selling drugs, and he's got to go and try and sell drugs at this party to, to save his life. And Talk about the movie, though, not his real life. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but this was a documentary. But back to the film. Uh and uh, yeah, so the party gets busted, and then they find yeah, these yeah. dead bodies in the basement. And we get the backstory of uh, the Broussard mansion. There is this voodoo love spell sort of thing going on, and it goes wrong at a seance, and all these people die. Yeah, <laughs> par for the course. Okay. I'm with you. How many times can we talk about the same story? I mean, that's the position you're put in. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which which is weird because this is a movie that, like, if you're going in to remake it, there's not a lot. You just got to, like, throw some love to the original and don't fuck it up. They, it had, it's it like had one of those none of the so ambiance of the original. Why did you overthink this movie? Excellent um, question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is a great question. And then I have never in the history of this show written the word titties in my notes so many times. So get ready. We have, (laughs) we've got worms coming out of titties. We've got a titty getting ripped off. We've got lipstick into a titty coming out of a cuckoo. We've got tentacles coming out of titties. This is the new last drive-in category by the way titty titty food and (laughs) listeners give us some feedback if you can hear us okay from the gutter it's a little different recording for us (laughs) i mean this was just low brow most common denominator look and we're talking low brow in the night of the demons series (laughs) (laughs) like we're accentuating how low brow it is in this series what about how the demons have an orgy in that tunnel below the building I mean, uh, that's a given. Oh, and that was uh, uh, the the worms came out of the titties after the demon has anal sex with a woman. Well, which, yeah. Which Edward Furlong later says, "I think that demon's trying to butt fuck me," and she's like, "Well, that is one of the way." Like, how did Monica Kina become the know all of how to become a demon? Mother. <sighs> what a film! I'm done talking about this movie. So how many does, does it does it does it have to consume seven, and that's why the woman's hanging herself at the beginning before they can get to her. Is that what it is? Is it seven? yeah? Because she kills herself rather than become a demon, right? Right. Like and she kills so her, kills herself to save her soul. Right. And so our very plausible big finish to the film is in present day. Uh, our one character does the same thing, but she psychs him out. She does the big fake out. By hanging yourself around the waist. Psych. I, uh, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I got real drunk in the course of this movie to get through it. So my memory is not great. Thank, thank God. It does help if every time you hear or see or anything about a titty, you take a shot. She <laughs> faked the demons out by jumping off the building and hanging herself around the waist. Wouldn't the demons know that she wasn't dead? I mean, isn't that like a demon thing? 
historically, demons aren't real bright. I don't know how much research you've done, but <laughs> yeah, now listen, Night of the Dummies. What she did was she jumped to a conclusion. <laughs> Ooh. That is the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we made enough. it. <laughs> Oof. You can't piss off hospitality. <laughs> I won't allow. <laughs> so, uh, all right, wrapping it up. Oh, so uh, in good conscience, I can't recommend this to anybody. No, no. Let me, I got an important question, real quick. Would you watch this over three? Like, there's a gun to my head, and I have to pick one. Yep. Yeah, I'd probably watch this over three. It looks better. Yeah, I, I had a gun to my head. Man. Just by the cast alone, they're pretty. Trick Fair. question. Okay. Fair. I, I find a, a, the only I, I don't get I don't get the weird homophobia with the with this movie either because it's demons, and yet it's like Ooh, you're you're gay. Let's watch two girls make out, and it's fucking demons. So there's also no was, hand puppet in the remake. But again, it was a it was I think this secretly was written by Kevin Smith, so it's okay. Snoogan All right, master. well, I'm about tired of you running down Kevin Smith, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this to a close. <laughs> so. All right, for uh, another uh, rousing franchise, I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy, Stay Scary, Stop Listening to Us. <laughs> <laughs>